So uh, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. I mean, there's two big messages here. And then there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us something else. Allah commands you to deliver trusts to those worthy of them. Essentially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands that you fulfill the trust to those who you owe it, who you owe them to. And number two, when you judge between people to judge with justice. Then Allah says, excellent in admonition. Excellent is the admonition that Allah provides you and Allah gives you. Allah is all hearing and all seeing. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd. Assalamu alaykum everybody. I hope you guys are doing very very well. Uh, today we're looking at one of the prominent verses of the Quran. I'm sure um, some of you, uh, many of you may have heard it. It's from Surah An-Nisa and is 58 of Surah An-Nisa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله يأمركم أن تؤدوا الأمانات إلى أهلها وإذا حكمتم بين الناس أن تحكموا بالعدل إن الله نعم ما يعيذكم به إن الله كان سميعا بصيرا so, uh, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. I mean, there's two big messages here. And then there's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us something else. Allah commands you to deliver trusts to those worthy of them. Essentially, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands that you fulfill the trust to those who you owe it, who you owe them to. And number two, when you judge between people to judge with justice, then Allah says, excellent in admonition. Excellent is the admonition that Allah provides you and Allah gives you. Allah is all hearing and all seeing. So that's a very powerful set of verses here that we have. And essentially, if these can be fulfilled, then many of the world issues and crises and interpersonal problems and conflicts could be resolved. What we're going to do for the, the this session today is we're just going to look at that first part. And then after that, for the next session, we will uh, look at the second part, insha'Allah. Firstly, let us start with the background of this verse. That's always very informative. While this verse is not restricted to the background, it definitely gives us an understanding of, it definitely gives us an understanding of uh, what this verse relates to. However, it's much broader than that. So there's a hadith. Uh, there's actually multiple hadith about this, about this particular event, and that's the event of. Uh, the keys of the Kaaba after the Prophet ﷺ opened up Makkah Mukarramah and uh, rode in victoriously. And then after that, uh, the key was in somebody's uh, responsibility and the Prophet ﷺ took the key. And then after that, who did he give the key to? That was very, very, very interesting. So there's multiple versions of this incident that give you slightly different and more details or less details. I'm going to relate to you the two that have been uh, related by Imam Razi and uh, transmitted uh, in his tafsir by Imam Razi, right? There's two versions. They get, they give slightly, uh, you know, uh, different sets of information which are beneficial for us to understand. So what happened is that when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam rode into Makkah Mukarramah uh, during uh, that uh, that event, um, after having been persecuted, after having uh, had to migrate and then eventually come back, Mashallah, Prophet sallallahu alaihi comes in victoriously. So Uthman ibn Talha ibn Abdiddar 
Uthman, son of Talha, son of Abduddar, he was the one in charge of the Kaaba. They had the keys. So uh, uh, in the Kaaba, in the Haram at the time, there were different responsibilities that had been historically um, uh, taken up by uh, different uh, different clans, you can say. So the Abbas, عنه, he had responsibility for the watering of the pilgrims and so on. And the Sidana, uh, the Sidana, that was the Siqaya. Abd, uh, Abbas had the Siqaya. The Sidana was in the hands of Uthman ibn Talha. They were in charge of, that means the protection. So that means the keys of the Kaaba. Very, very important position, right? To have the keys, you can allow who you want inside and you know you can stop whomever you want and you're in charge of that. So what he did was as soon as he heard that the Prophet ﷺ had come into Mecca, he, climbed, he, he locked the door of the Kaaba and he climbed on top. He, t he climbed onto the roof of the Kaaba. Refused to give the keys to the Prophet ﷺ, saying, that if I knew you to be the messenger of Allah, then I would not have prevented you from taking the keys. However, Ali radiallahu anh somehow uh, took the keys from him and he opened the door and then eventually the Prophet sallallahu was brought and he entered and the Prophet sallallahu performed two rakats inside. Now, when he came out, remember Abbas radiallahu is in charge of one of the other responsibilities, right? And it's an honor. They see this as an honor, obviously, to feed the pilgrims, to water the pilgrims. He asked the Prophet ﷺ to give him the key so that he could be and his family could be responsible. And he's the uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. He's still in Mecca, though he's a Muslim, but he's, in, he's still in Mecca. He hasn't migrated yet, right? So give me the key so I can have both of these responsibilities. The, the, uh, so according to this version, it says that this verse came down here, right? You have to give your amana and your trust back to whom, uh, you know, who, who deserves it. So the Prophet ﷺ told Ali radiallahu anhu to give it back to Uthman, to give it back to this Uthman ibn Talha, and even apologize to him, right, of maybe the way he'd taken it off him or whatever the reasoning was there, right? So then that is when Uthman uh, radiallahu anhu now says to Ali radiallahu anhu, and this is not the famous Uthman ibn Affan, this is the uh, Uthman ibn Talha. He says, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad rasulullah I bear witness that there is no God except Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Allah's, uh, is Allah's messenger and uh, subhanAllah. So he becomes a Muslim when seeing this honesty. So Jibreel alayhi salam comes down, tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's when Jibreel alayhi salam comes down, tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that this responsibility of the key, this honor, is, is going to remain in the family of Uthman forever. Right? Is going to remain in Uthman's family forever. That, that's uh, one version. The other version is slightly different. The Prophet ﷺ said to Uthman, give me the key. So he said, okay, here, take it. Bi amanatillah, haki. Uh, haka, bi amanatillah. Haka, bi amanatillah. Uh, take it, but with the trust of Allah. He added that condition, with the trust of Allah, right? I guess that, that condition was understood in those days that I'm giving you as a trust, right? So then the Prophet ﷺ tried to take it from him but he moved his hand away. He refused to give it. He closed his hand. He wouldn't give it. Prophet again asked him the second time. He said the same thing, right? Uh, in fact, the Prophet is telling him now that if you believe in Allah and the last day, because maybe the person, he was showing himself out to be a Muslim. If you believe in Allah and the last day, then give me the key. So he again said, uh, take it, but with the aman of Allah. So again, the Prophet second time trying to take it from him, but he closes his hands, uh, clenches his fist, wouldn't give it to him. The third time, eventually, he said the same thing and then he gave it to the Prophet he, he was very scared, you could see. He was probably very frightened 
that he's going to lose it. That's probably was his uh, the threat in front of him that if I give this, it's not coming back anymore, right? That's why he tried to uh, do probably what he did. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam got up and um, uh, to to make tawaf. He made the tawaf. He's got the key with him, right? While he's making tawaf, and then after that. He did intend to give it to Abbas radiallahu anhu, it says, according to this version. And then he said, Uthman, um, take the key, but with the condition that Abbas radiallahu anhu will also have a share in this. So he's your partner with this now. That's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse. So then the Prophet sallallahu said to Uthman, as soon as the verse was revealed, Haka, khalidatun talidatun, Take this now, and this is basically take this forever. Take this forever. Take this forever. Nobody can now steal this from you, pinch it from you, snatch it from you, take it away from you in whatever word you want to use, right? Except an oppressor. So essentially, the Prophet has decreed that anybody who tries to take it off you is going to be an oppressor. That's why nobody's tried to take it from them. Because they're going to be considered an oppressor by the Prophet already. What an amazing way to secure it. What an amazing way to fulfill a trust. Right? In a way that he knew that there may be a possibility that somebody tries to take it in the future. And he knew from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it had to stay with them. So that's what he stated. Now interestingly what happened is that eventually this Uthman ibn Talha, he migrated. Uh, he migrated to Medina Munawwara. Right? So he left the key with his brother whose name was Shaiba and until today and I've heard this so many times until today the family that uh, has the key now is Shaiba's family it's his descendants the Banu Shaiba they call them so they have the family until today I mean the king of Saudi Arabia you know he might suggest or the ministry might suggest that somebody be allowed in or whatever at the end of the day they're the ones who have the key so they have to do the honours right of uh, and somebody and, and I'm assuming somebody can talk to the uh, the Banu Shaiba themselves and uh, get in as well that way. But yeah, it's in their responsibility. I mean, this is a historical, you know, this is a historical document, you can say, in that sense. So yeah, that's an amazing thing that just shows us the Prophet's trustworthiness that, yep, you know, he gave it to him. He could have given it to his family members, but he didn't do that. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that inshallah you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.